everyone, and welcome to the Fashion Potluck podcast session. My name is Julia. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer of FashionPotluck.com, which is a women-driven social media platform. I'm here with Louise Galdama Sashiviria, who is the CEO of Fashion Potluck, and our guest for today, Rixt Herklotz, the Operational Director of The Next Women. Hello, Rixt. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm good, I'm good. Awesome. Today we're going to be talking about uh, women investing and the investment opportunities for women. Um, so, to start with the first question, Rixt, can you share some investment possibilities in general? Uh, investment possibilities, you mean for female founders or for women to invest? In? Female founders. Uh, yes, of course, we have uh, The Next Women, uh, which is uh, the organization I work for. We're a network of female entrepreneurs and investors. Uh, what we do is we work uh, with our own angel fund, which has 80 female investors uh, investing in companies with at least one female founder. Uh, and we have member programs in which we help female founders connect with investors, uh, get pitch training, uh, create their investor deck. So be completely prepared to uh, go for funding. And uh, next to that, there's, of course, crowdfunding, which is a very popular uh, form of uh, investment amongst uh, female founders. Yeah. Uh, you have angels in a broader range, not only the ones that we have and uh, the banks, the traditional VCs. There's a whole world of money out there. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend? What's your favorite way? Well, I think it really depends on the type of company you have, because um, if you are really a health a company that has a very long runway and needs to be in business for 10 to 15 years, uh, getting through all kinds of rules and regulations before actually making a profit that uh, demands a different kind of investment than if you're an e-commerce platform. Uh, so that's really the first uh, question you need to ask yourself. What's my business and uh, what's my what's my runway? What's my financial strategy? Uh, I love uh, angel investments uh, just because it's uh, not only money that you're getting. So you're also getting, uh, if you're lucky, some experience, some expertise, knowledge, a network of the investor. Uh, and I think um, crowdfunding is a great way to, to start uh, getting your first uh, uh, money in and having your friends, family and fans united. Yeah. Actually, uh, one of the questions that are, comes to mind, uh, we've discussed this before, but can you tell us a little bit as to the reason why The Next Woman? Exists? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were founded around 10 years ago by Simone Brimmelhuis, who's uh, also one of the co-founders of the Dutch restaurant website Eens.nl. Mm -hmm. And what she saw was that there's a need for uh, entrepreneurs to get access to knowledge, capital and connections. And that women tend to have a little bit of a harder time getting access to that uh, due to all kinds of structures, rules, regulations, and uh, that's why she started The Next Women. And what our mission is now is uh, to create an inclusive business ecosystem for everyone uh, and be able to thrive in that. Cool. Okay, and you started 10 years ago, but do you still think that it's uh, harder for women to get funding? Did it change in the past 10 years? Well, I think what, what has changed is uh, the awareness. Uh, I think uh, I don't have those numbers, but what I do see is that there's an increase in the numbers of female entrepreneurs. Uh, so it's become more and more of a, of a career option for women to, to start their own company as well, which also then brings uh, up the challenges of getting funded. Uh, we had a uh, research coming out uh, last October that uh, stated that only 1.6% of venture capital money in the Netherlands is going towards company that are com companies that are completely women-led. Uh, seven point something to diverse teams yeah. and then the 91 uh, point something Man something founded. to completely male uh, founded teams. To, to, to the bro club. Yes, to the bro club. <laughs> so I think that's and that's really the number that's been going around for the last couple of months that shows that there is still really a challenge for women. Uh, there's a lot of debate about that, of course, uh, the, the need for more data. Uh, the first question that you always get is, or the first statement is that there are less female founders than there are male founders, which is true, but it's here in the Netherlands, 65% to 35%. And so not 98 to one, 
1.6. So there's really steps still that need to be made there. Uh, I remember when we met uh, uh, the first time, you mentioned uh, an experience that you had about a uh, conference where it was a mixed conference and uh, some of the, one of the male attendees uh, asked about, uh, no, he actually made a statement uh, saying that he just did not get a uh, woman uh, to pitch to, to his firm. Uh, I'm wondering if you can share that with us because I thought it was quite quite interesting in the sense of the, the misconceptions and, and, and a lot of like uh, mispoints of views that exist out there in terms of uh, women entrepreneurs and investment possibilities as well. Yeah, of course. I think it's, it's uh, well, the easiest answer is to say that there's not enough potential out there. And I think that's uh, a, a one that we... Uh, quickly go to uh, say, stating that if we're not investing in female founders, then that would mean that there's no female founders because if they were out there, they would come, they would rise above and 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 find their way to the money. Uh, totally surpassing that the structures that we have created uh, are created to help men thrive. Uh, so the example that you're talking about, we had this pitch competition uh, on the same day that we had this research coming out, staying in 1.6. Yeah. And uh, it was our grand final. We had uh, pitchers from all over Europe, all female founders gathered. Uh, our network was invited as well. So it was a room with 150 women, uh, investors, entrepreneurs, uh, and so on. And uh, we had a panel and we had this, this male VC saying, well, the reason I'm not investing in women is because there's not enough potential. Being completely blind to the room that he had in front of him. Uh, and I think that's, that's really showing. Same uh, with, with, a, with a round table we had where this, where this one man said, well, I've seen hundreds of propositions pass my desk last year. None of them had a female founder. Ergo, there are no female founders out there. In which I replied, well, I've seen 250, 300 propositions pass my desk last year, and all of them had a female founder. So it's really about how you position yourself in the market and if you're approachable. I mean, I have to be honest as well. It's not that I see a lot of male founders. That's also one of our our. Uh, flaws that we need to be aware of uh, going forward, that we're not trying to change the system and doing it in the same manner, but being open to, to all, all parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is the, the most easy way to not worry about an issue by not acknowledging the fact that uh, your own bubble is quite small. Yeah. How do you think women should go about it? Well, I think what's really, uh, I think what, what we as women tend to do is not uh, not make a step forward or not uh, start asking questions if we are not completely sure of the answer that we will get or actually what the answer is that we're looking for. So uh, educate yourself if that makes you feel more comfortable. Uh, be aware of the options that are out there. Be aware of your own financials. Uh, even if you're not the CFO of your company or your company is still too small to have a CFO, uh, understand your numbers, understand what you want to, what the, the, the sort of dot on the horizon is, where you want to go and what you would need to get there. And if you already have that clear, uh, then you can also start reaching out to networks, to um, uh, organizations like the Chamber of Commerce that are really... Uh, there to give advice to help you uh, reach out to your bank because banks do have to get with the time and they're not only uh, looking at the big corporations anymore they're doing crowdfunding uh, if they are not aware or they are not able to help you in in the stage you're in they are aware of a lot of things going on in the ecosystem as well so uh, yeah just start doing it and also uh, don't be afraid to fall or to, to f- go flat on your face because that's the biggest learning curve that you'll have. Mm-hmm. And uh, a woman entrepreneur, if she joins the next women membership, member mm-hmm. club, yeah. what is she getting out of there? Uh, so we have a differentiation uh, in two types of memberships. We have one that is really focused on, uh, on entrepreneurs and founders. Uh, in which we say if you're looking to get uh, access to knowledge, capital, connections to help your business get to the next level, 
and then that's the membership for you. Uh, what you'll get there is we do coaching afternoons on topics like strategy, marketing, finance, sales. We invite the experts from our network and you have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. We do a pitching mornings in which you can uh, learn how to pitch in, a, in, a, in an environment where there's not a lot at stake, but we, lot at stake, but we do invite real investors. So you get the feedback and the questions that you would get in, a, in the setting if you are pitching for investment. We are adding real pitching for money in there as well. So you will meet the investors that are relevant for your, for your business. Yeah. And we do peer-to-peer uh, -peer groups, uh, so you can uh, you gather on a monthly basis and uh, get your uh, strategy in line, get your goals, and then work on that, and then have uh, a group of, of like-minded entrepreneurs that help you get through that. And then we have our database around it, mm -hmm. which has uh, been created over the last 10 years, so quite extensive. And How you many access. members do you currently have? We currently have over 300 members. Uh, differentiated in that one membership uh, so that's that's our pro members our founders and that's about 80% and then the other 20% are our platinum members and those are the investors uh, experienced entrepreneurs that do over 2 million in annual revenue so they're part of our top 100 list uh, or professionals that are working in larger corporations but are, but are looking for exciting uh, groups to, to join in um, and our goal is to reach uh, 500 members by the end of the year. Okay, awesome, nice. Hopefully some of our women can join the club as well. Would be wonderful. And uh, looking at the different side of the metal, if a woman wants to invest in a startup, if she has some uh, spare income to invest, what are the opportunities? Yeah, so, well, one of the, the, the easiest opportunities nowadays is crowdfunding, of course. There's a lot of organizations out there such as uh, Simbit, Cedars, One Planet Crowd that make it really easy and at a, for you to start investing and at a low rate so you don't need to really have that big of a, of a uh, capital, capital yeah. to start. Uh, if you're really interested in taking it to the next level and you do already have around say 20, 20,000 euros, uh, there's there's syndicates that you can join. There's uh, a lot of angel online and offline uh, uh, educational programs that can really help you uh, learn how to start investing, how to uh, do the due diligence on your companies uh, to create a diverse portfolio. Um, we have our own angel fund at the moment uh, and you only need 10,000 euros to, 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 to join, join in. Uh, so that's really, uh, I mean, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I've been told that that's a relatively low rate to get into uh, an organization like that. Uh, so that there, there are more and more ways to, to start out even if you don't have millions on the bank already. Which actually <clears throat> brings me to a question that I think it's, it's really... Uh, um, Relevant in that regards as well. So, you know, one of the stats that exists out there is that also there are very few, there are few uh, women investors in how they can actually, uh, um, all the barriers that exist for women to actually invest and to, you know, become more savvy in terms of the startup ecosystem. So what, 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 what are, what's your experience regarding that? Do you, and what are your tips that you would recommend for women that have, you know, a very good corporate experience, that have a good experience as an entrepreneur, they have the cash, uh, what's your feedback on that? Yeah, well, I think there's there's an interesting research that has been done in, in the past year by the European Business Angel Network uh, that did it in uh, seven European countries uh, and research amongst 600 women that are either already investing or at least have the capital to invest and why why they invest or why they don't invest. They haven't done it in the Netherlands yet, so that's that's an interesting uh, uh, country to add to the list. But what they really found, and that's something that we see as well, is it's, it's the knowledge barrier, uh, which is something that you also see in female founders not going for capital, is also a knowledge barrier, because what does it actually mean to get external capital? And what's equity and stuff like that? And you see that also in the angel or in the investment sphere. And uh, for a long time, it has, there has been quite a, a high threshold for uh, people, but also do, so for women to start investing because you needed quite a big amount of free capital to be able to invest. And you see that there's more and more options 
uh, popping up that make it easier to start at a lower amount, which ergo means that women can start as well because we still have the gender pay gap. So the, the capital that is free is, is still in some cases uh, quite smaller. Um, and you see that uh, when women's, but you do see that when women start investing, uh, more money automatically goes towards female founders. Interesting. Yeah, what do you think the, the barriers in terms of knowledge are that uh, women have in general? Well, I think uh, if you look at investing, it is quite a, it's it's a game. It's 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 gambling at a in a legal manner. I mean, you're betting on ten horses, of which you know that nine won't make it. Uh, if you're lucky, six won't make it. Three will get to the finish line and that one that one horse that really has to outsprint everyone else to really make up for that for the nine uh that 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 lets you down in a way so there there's risk in it where we always say or say and see and know that women are more risk aware than men men go hat first and they'll see where they end up and so it's it's again it's a structure it's a, it's a type of way to look at things that's designed by men. Yeah, this is actually one of the things that we always talk about uh, with Julie as well. Uh, and we've actually touched about it uh, before. So yeah, the male mentality, which is really most of the guys that I know, friends of mine within my network, that have started a company or are thinking about starting a company, the lack of uh, actually research that gets done. I think there's a lot of ego involved, you know, and mm -hmm. this is, you know, what I mentioned before, you know, there, that the start ecosystem regarding startups and, invest and investment in general it's made up by a specific type of guy as well. So you have, you know, uh, again, I always say this, you know, it's a, um, I'm not a representative of the male species, is what I'm saying. It's like, uh, like all the guys in the world do not elect Luis to become the representative. But I would say that, you know, from my experience and from seeing, a lot of guys are very uh, suicidal almost, very kamikaze. It's like, yeah, I'll do it because, you know, I'm, yeah, this is a great idea, just because I think the ego factor is so big. And where we see that, uh, you know, um, most of the time this does not work out. So uh, I think you, Julia, uh, read a statistic uh, recently that spoke about the percentage of successful uh, startups when it comes to female founders and uh, a mix of gender founders versus the traditional uh, male. Yeah, um, I wouldn't remember the numbers now, but I did read that the women generally have uh, more successful companies, uh, which means that there are less failures in yeah. women-led uh, startups. And to me, it makes total sense because I think, uh, knowing for myself, I mean, women take much more time to do the research and actually launch something. And they will think 100 times before actually doing this. Because they also probably, many women are aware of the challenges that will be on their way. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's what's interesting about that and interesting about the topic in general is that why why it becomes so difficult to talk about it is because people tend to look for for blame. Uh, if I'm saying this is a this is a male structured world, I'm blaming men, which is not the case. It's only that we should be aware of these kinds of structures and we should be aware that uh, something that's been created 100 years ago or maybe 500 years ago or 800 years ago or 50 years ago uh, with a certain idea in mind, it can, we can, it can be outdated. Uh, and it, it made sense at the time. Maybe it, it didn't even make sense, but we, we went along with it. And now we say, well, hey, let's be honest. Uh, if we want to have an equal world, then certain things need to change. I think the numbers are there that that say that women founders uh, create more sustainable companies in a matter that around 84% surpasses the five-year timeline. That's a very good number. That's a very good number. But I also, I mean, if you look from it from the from the financial perspe perspective, I mean, men tend to create uh, the unicorns because they are more uh they take more risk they do go big or go home uh they have their their hockey sticks and I, I, yeah 90 percent won't make it even 99 percent won't make it but then that one percent that does oh, unicorn. <laughs> that's that's the unicorn and that's 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 the aim and that's a different also a different mentality of why you want to start a company um, I mean, and going really into stereotypes, but I've, I've really had many conversations with female founders that do talk about the company 
being their baby and then not in the literal way that's what everyone says I'm, I'm not i don't mean in literal literal but they do uh, start a company from the idea that this is something that they they care about and that they want to do for as many years as possible they don't start a company uh more often than not to uh to blow it up make it as big uh, as quickly as possible and then sell it on and then go on to the next thing. That's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Actually, in that, that regards, what what do you think the importance are? Uh, what, do you, what do you think the importance is, better said, uh, about starting a company because you want to make a unicorn or are there other reasons that actually are as profound and as important uh, for starting a company, for being an entrepreneur uh, in general, and especially as a woman? Well, I think that what's what's really, uh, but then I, I'm a woman as well. <laughs> why, why you should uh, why you should start a company is because you really believe in what you're doing, and whether it's the product or a service or the idea or or whatever, if you believe in it, because it's it is a really a long road to make it a success. I mean, the the companies that go really big in the first five years you can count them on, on one hand. So to have the stamina and to have the also the conviction to, to, to make it happen, you need to believe in what you're doing. You need to believe in, 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 in your business. And if you do that, I think there are only better companies come from there. Okay. Well, going back a little bit <laughs> into actually investing in companies, uh, if a woman wants to invest in a company or let's say a startup, where can she look for the companies to invest to? Well, uh, that's that's the beauty uh, in in today's world. There's so many people starting companies yeah. uh, that if you're if you only whisper that you're an investor, you'll get enough <laughs> enough uh, companies coming towards you. I think what's uh, the more tricky part is how you can select the promising uh, ones, the promising ones yeah. and the ones that really uh, are going to stand out. I think it's important if you start investing and that's whether you're a man or a woman, it's to diversify your portfolio mm -hmm. because you shouldn't bet all your money in one horse. Uh, going back to those numbers of around 90% not making it. So it would be uh, a better, better bet to uh, be a little more diverse and, and, and spread your uh, spread your money, uh, but if you if you if you put it on your LinkedIn, if you join just in the buyer, everyone is gonna like keep if, the if message. You, you're gonna get you're <laughs> gonna get smashed with 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 uh, opportunities, with companies, with people reaching out to you. So it's it's a good way to to join groups, to join organizations, to go to. Uh, pitch events uh, to help you uh, sort of filter uh, the opportunities out. But then also, I mean, for angels, if if you're not part of VCs or banks that look from it from a completely different angle because they're really in it for uh, making making the high returns. Um, I know a lot of the, the women investors that they diversify their portfolio. Also, it means like I, I do one or two companies just for the heck of it, just because I believe in the person or I believe in the idea. And well, I'm not really sure if anything is gonna come yeah. out of it, but I mean, I would I would have wanted someone uh, having that faith in me when I was small and, and starting out. And then you have uh, the other percentage that's really being strategically divided and, and going some, some in, in, in the, the, the companies that are promising mm -hmm. with high returns. Um, but yeah, as, as long as you're putting the word out there, uh, there's You'll enough opportunity in the market that's looking for money, they will, they will find you. All right. And profile-wise, we said that uh, you should not um, put your, all your money in one horse. But profile-wise, should, should it be the same profile of companies or should you also invest in different industries, even though you might not be familiar with those industries? Uh, yeah, I think there there's something to say for both ways. Uh, if if you're really investing with the idea behind it that you want to add value, uh, it makes sense to have it in this sort of similar industry because you'll probably have a background on your own in in health or in marketing or, well, tech. Uh, so your added value is really in companies that that are familiar to you uh, because you can. can 
you can activate your own network to help them or you can uh, talk from your own experience. Uh, if you're looking more from it from the the, the the sort of game point of view, it is interesting to also uh, invest in other types of companies. If you have a broad uh, background or you're more strategic it doesn't really matter if it's for for mar- for an e-commerce company for or for a, a dental insurance company uh, everyone needs strategy or everyone needs PR and communication so that's uh, there's there's both ways you can go and how, going to the other side so one you know one side is the investor the other is the actual entrepreneur yeah. let's, let's play tennis here back yeah, and forth a little absolutely. bit uh, I'm curious so what what were you because you mentioned something earlier about uh, being aware of the environment and how things are uh, what would you what would be your advice suggestion to women that are entrepreneurs that are looking for funding and they're having to pitch to you know a you know, the bro club, uh, <laughs> you know, like guys are like basically will have a hard time understanding what it is that the product is and why it's needed. I mean, we have gone ourselves to that same uh, situation where we're actually pitching a woman-driven platform uh, and most guys just don't get it. Uh, so one of the, uh, you know, one of the strategies that we have come up with is, especially myself, when I'm going to pitch to other guys and, you know, it's basically sell it as a guy platform then they absolutely Make get an it analogy for me. Yeah, yeah. I actually just uh, just before you reply a uh, few days ago I read an article on um, business of fashion uh, mm-hmm. platform about women entrepreneurs and their challenges mm-hmm. and this actually relies to your question as well uh, maybe you know the company Lola they mm-hmm. have the organic tampon delivery yeah, yeah. it was extremely hard for them to pitch to men why women need a tampon delivery because mm-hmm. many men would not even see a tampon in their life so it was really challenging for them at first to pitch it but then they kind of like redid their strategy they started bringing tampons a glass of water and they started showing how it works telling a little bit about the women's body like anatomy why we need them why you need the delivery and the, basically they made it so simple like an alphabet for men about the tampons <laughs> and everything so yeah this is, I think, it's a very interesting story, and I think they got like twenty million investment right now, or something like that. So, so what, what would be your advice, you know, in terms of yeah. this, like to, to make sure that our users, our listeners, get the you know proper uh, guidelines? Uh, I think there's 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 two very interesting uh, examples and and things that you can take with you. You have the company Stitch from the US, uh, which was really struggling as well with with getting with getting funded, and what they do is they uh, they do uh, on a description basis, on a monthly basis, they send you uh, children's clothing uh, to, to moms. And then uh, you, uh, you get a, uh, an array of, of, of options and you keep the clothes that you want your kids to wear and you return the others. And uh, they have an algorithm that optimizes your, your taste. So you, hmm. in the end, only get the clothes that you like for your kid. And um, really smart system, but no one believed in it until there was uh, a male investor that saw that his secretary spent almost all her monthly salary on Um, her Stitch subscription. And that was the trigger for him that he thought, well, there's a business here. There's money to be made. And that's really the key. You have to show the potential, the money that you can make. And that's where you're getting into... Being that risk aware, uh, we tend to downgrade our financials or to downplay our financials and to say, well, uh, yes, okay, if I, if I could uh, get a million out of the market, this would be the plan, but let's be realistic. Uh, I probably, I'm, I'm only going to get 300,000 euros. So maybe I've talked to someone before and okay, I up it to 450,000 euros. And that's what we're pitching. And so you're not, you're not believing in the big potential yourself. And if you're not believing in it yourself, then the investor is not going to believe in it either. You really need to play the game in that matter is that you need to show how big it can be and then really also help them understand the product because um and then there's a bit of luck because i know yoni who's uh the the biological tampon Mm -hmm. company here in the netherlands and we've invested in them for the next women as well but they've never had 
any issues with uh, with uh, selling to men because they the men they spoke to did know about tampons <laughs> and did know that this is something that women need on a monthly basis and that there's half of the world population is female and that there's a huge potential market uh, to have bit better tampons out there and their mission is really or they are there the reason why they started this company is because uh, they came to the to the shocking conclusion and I wasn't aware of that either before I knew them is that uh, the, the, the the standardized tampons are chemically uh, processed to be able to uh, take up as much as they need. Uh, and there's no need for uh, tampon manufacturers to put uh, a, an ingredients list on the back. Yeah. So it's the most intimate part of our body and we don't even know what we're putting inside. Putting yeah. in there. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it, it, that's, that's, that's really, really one point. And on the other hand, if, you're, if you are in that position already where you're talking uh, to these these investors and whether they're men or female when men or women that doesn't matter but what we do there's a uh, harvard research that recently came out that showed that male founders get positively framed questions they're asked oh, about yeah. their potential all, yeah. they're asked about uh so okay if i'm giving you this million how are you gonna make it five or ten and uh female founders by both male investors as well as female investors get asked negatively framed questions and they're asked, okay, if I'm giving you this million, how are you going to make sure that I'm not losing it? And by only already being aware of that on the founder side, I mean, there's there's a whole different story about investors being aware, needing to be aware of this as well. But being aware as a female founder that that is the way that you're going to get these questions asked to you and being able to positively to respond. turn it around yeah. and to re respond in a positive way that already is half the battle and actually you know in complement to this as well as uh you know sharing a, a the recent uh yeah it's a recent uh, story from our from both, both of us we went to this one uh, specific summit for startups and there was a uh, you know at the end of you know, any summit there's like a party you know bar get together whatever and we were at this one bar, and then um, and then me and Julia went there, and uh, you know, do the network, uh, get to know as many people as possible to see about future possibilities. And then I remember, you know, both of us, uh, there was this guy that uh, did he approach us, or did, did we approach him? I can't remember. I think it was. Uh, it was kind of mutual. <laughs> yeah, so we're like yeah, hanging at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> so so this guy, like this guy, started talking to us, and I'm like, yeah, and we're like, you know, talking about the company, and then uh, he seemed really interested. And then suddenly I started noticing that uh, he was really not talking to me anymore. Yeah, I remember like we used to saying something and then the guy was literally like looking at me, like waiting for me something to say. And like he was just <laughs> ignoring Luis, like literally Luis is saying and Luis is like, um, okay. Like he was totally ignoring him and uh, and the, the, his response was like, yeah, let's exchange. Like here's my contact, drop me an email, we will definitely do something. Mm -hmm. And then... Clearly, Louise dropped him an email, I dropped him an email, but there was no response. So it yeah. was just definitely like one like evening interest in more like a woman rather than a founder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is something that I think uh, we've seen, I think, more than one occasion. Like, we're, yeah. and I've seen it uh, myself Many in times. terms of, uh, you know, the bro club, you know, when, when uh, uh, you know, I have some, some, some uh, individuals that I know that work uh, with investment and they really have this, this uh, attitude when a woman comes up to them, they're really not real listening to the investment opportunity. They're really focusing all oh, to see if the girls, you know, could look into them. They're like, oh, let's, uh, uh, yeah, so let's let's take this as an opportunity to actually, uh, you know, uh, meet some women. So, so what's what's your advice, you know, to women that are actually entrepreneurial minded? They're looking for investment. How how can you actually uh, go beyond this 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 bro mentality that that it's so dominant out there? Yeah, I, I have to be honest, I, I don't know the best way to do it. Uh, I do, you do see that there's, there's a mentality change. Uh, what is still the best way is to at least call someone out on it. And that doesn't need to be in a harsh manner or uh, you can still be polite about it, but at least make clear that you're not interested in a personal matter and it's a business thing. But we do uh, recently uh, had here coming out the, the, the VC blacklist. 
and it was uh, created. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be public, is what <laughs> I've been told, but someone leaked it, uh, <laughs> it, it from my understanding. But it was one of a female founders. Uh, here in the Netherlands and what she did is she reached out to her her founder group of friends all women and asked them uh, to share anonymously uh, some of their experiences they had with VCs and that differentiated from sort of small oh you don't like chocolate I thought all women like chocolate to stories about meeting up in a bar at 9 p.m. and then having cocktails uh, and to then discuss investment opportunities. And you're being this, this young, naive, maybe naive, but young, ambitious woman thinking, okay, why not? 9 p.m. I'm, I'm 24-7 on the job. Let's do this. And then walking in and like at five past nine think this is not a business Meeting, arrangement yeah. that we're having here. And... I think what 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 the step is there is is really create the awareness and because I do believe that a lot of these men don't even realize the the uncomfortable position they put women in. Uh, we had a there was a large event last last week two weeks ago, and uh, I read later on social media a, a story from from a woman saying, "Well, I was so proud of myself, and I went there alone, and I did a lot of amazing networking, and I made connections, and I exchanged cards, and I was really excited and really proud of myself when I left there." And then I got the emails coming in, and it was just everyone asking me out on a date, and I felt so stupid because I've I I thought we were doing business, and apparently I've I've completely. Did it, did it the wrong way. No, you didn't. But it's still uh, sort of acceptable for men, in this case, to see it as, a, as not as just a business opportunity, but as a social opportunity. And uh, as long as we women stay, stay silent on that or think, well, yeah, I mean, maybe I was too flirtatious or maybe I smiled too much or maybe I did touch my hair a little bit too much. So maybe it's on me as well. No, because if you're in a certain setting, yep. it shouldn't even be the, the, first, the first idea in your head. I mean, of course, and if you meet on the work floor or you meet during a networking and drinks and something romantically happens... It's possible, but that shouldn't be the main focus. And as long as we keep telling everyone that, there needs to become a shift at a certain point. Okay. All right. And um, as an investor, I think this applies to both sides of our conversation. How much can an investor participate in a day-to-day of a company? How much can you expect it from an investor? Uh, well, you can expect a lot. Uh, it really depends on what you're looking for as well. I mean, I, I speak to a lot of founders uh, in my in my day to day job, and um, there's there's this sort of romantical idea. Getting back into the romance, but <laughs> romantical idea about an angel investor, uh, which 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 brings the money to the table, but also his or her network, the experience, the knowledge, uh, really the hand, uh, they, they can really help you get that company off the ground. Uh, I think what's really important to ask yourself there is, is that truly what you're looking for? Because it is someone with an opinion. It's someone with his, with, with his or her own ideas. It's someone that uh, that's going to put his mark on your company. And are you okay with that? Is that something that you're missing right now? Uh, or should you be honest and say, well, actually, I, I just need the money. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter if, if, if anything else comes uh, attached to that. And then it really is on the arrangements you make with your investor. I mean, you have investors that say, well, We'll do a monthly sparring sessions of two hours and that's the time I'm going to give you. Or this is, uh, if you just give me my quarterly reports, I'll be happy. We also had an investor, uh, I mean, from the Next Women's side, we've invested in 27 companies. Uh, 24 are still alive. Uh, well, we had one of, the, one of the companies that we've invested in and the co-founder split up. And uh, the co-founder that stayed behind was pregnant at the time and had to go on maternity leave. And so for all of a sudden, there were no founders in the company at that moment. 
And so our investor stepped in for three months and and was oh, uh, uh, do, well keeping the company running. So there's there it's it's really goes from just a monthly email or phone call all the way to really being part of the management team. So would your advice be to arrange it with an investor beforehand so you know that it's Definitely. a comfortable amount of time for both parties? Definitely. And really what my advice would be to founders is is also to really think about what you actually want and what you actually need. And uh, to be honest to yourself as well, because it, there's nothing wrong with just needing the money. Uh, but then don't go chasing the perfect angel investor uh, that's going to be wanting to be more involved. Because yeah. that's also a thing with angels. I mean, uh, they can put their money in a bank and just give money or to be part of a, a larger institution and not really being connected to someone. But if you're angel investment, if you're angel investing, you're doing it also because you really believe in that connection you have with the founder. So it, it's, it is something uh, that's going to take more time and energy. Yeah. Actually, I have a follow-up to the question as well. Um, what do you think about the importance uh, of actually having a co-founder for a woman founder? Uh, as there is, uh, you know, difficulty in general to find people to share your vision. Uh, do you think it's necessary for a woman to actually uh, get a co-founder or you know, in order to, think, to have a go at it? Yeah, or? I think for it's not necessarily needed for a woman to get a co-founder. I think if you're, uh, but if you're get, uh, starting your company, uh, it is magical if you have that person next to you that does share that same vision or shares it in a way that you're compatible to each other because I do think that with two you're stronger and it is a hard long road you're you're going into so if you have someone to share your experiences with or uh, uh, have the afternoons to to bounce ideas of each other or to to talk about what's the best next step that's only a gain I think that's uh, goes for both men and women you do also see that uh, as a single founder and you're looking for investment, you are a liability because someone's putting money into you. And if for some reason you can't uh, run the company anymore because you get sick or... You the tram ran you over. The tram <laughs> ran you over. I mean, we are in Amsterdam, but uh, on pregnancy. I mean, and then uh, or or other other issues. Um, if you're if you're you're a liability as a one person, and if you're with two, uh, there's there's someone, there's someone to fall 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 back on, and it yeah. can be two women. It can be two men. Uh, I mean, we've seen that if you're two men, you're more likely to get money. So that might be a good way to go. But you also see uh, that diverse teams outperform yes. <laughs> the, the homogenic teams. And that's also really because you need multiple uh, perspectives in, in, in creating good companies. And to also, I mean, we live in a diverse world, so your team should be that as well. How about the fear of failure? It's something that to me, like it always, it always like uh, calls my attention the the fear of failure when it comes to actually starting a company and running it. What's what's your feedback on that? Well, I think uh, I mean there's not a lot we can learn from the Americans, but that's really something that we can learn from the Americans <laughs> is being being okay with failure and being. I mean, you tried, and as long as you try and you try you try and, and not half-heartedly, but really go for it, you learn something and you make new connections, you make new friends, uh, you, you get the next best idea. It helps you to, to, uh, to become more successful. And I think we, we do see that starting now a little more in the Netherlands because we do, I mean, we have a relatively young startup system still, and we're getting now into the little more mature phase where we already, where we start getting serial entrepreneurs, guys, guys and, and girls that have uh, had comp one or two companies before. 
not completely failed, but not the big successes they were looking for. And now they're they're they have that big idea, and they've learned from the experience of doing it once before or twice before, and that really helps them to uh, get that this company off the ground in a better way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, failure, embrace failure. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a very valuable experience which you can use in your next company or your next job. But also connecting it to the previous question, I think like having at least two co-founders also helps from our experience. For instance, when Luis is feeling down and like very, you know, maybe um, demotivated at times, I can, you know, like, no, it's fine, we'll do this. And and the contrary, like the opposite as well happens. So uh, connecting with the previous question, mm-hmm. I think it's also one of the perks of having a co-founder because when you have downs, there is someone to motivate you Definitely. and tell you that everything is fine in just a moment. We can do a mutual pat on the back. We'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I noticed that we actually like work pretty good in this. Like when he's down, I'm like, no, it's totally cool. We're in a good place and, and, and otherwise. Okay, um, going back to your questions um, <laughs> list. I feel like there is so much information to discuss regarding investments. But if we are on it, uh, I just want to ask one of the last questions. Uh, how does post investment look like? What are the exit options for investors? Uh, that really depends on the terms that you've said yeah. before. Uh, what we do with our uh, angel fund that we have right now is we only get into convertible loans, yeah. which means that there's a set uh, time on, on the loan, there's a set rate uh, that needs to be paid, or we can decide to convert into previously uh, a set discount and, and buy the shares of the company at the time. Um I think it's it's really smart, and I think not a lot of uh, founders think about that beforehand. Uh, is to have an exit strategy, not uh, saying that you need to exit your company at all given times, but uh, it is good to know what your end goal is. I mean, we we always talk about hey, what's the, what's the three year plan, what's the five year plan, but also what's your exit plan, and is there an exit plan? Because if it's not there. Uh, you are less interesting for investors because then you need to go to a bank and get a loan and just pay back the interest rate. And that's that's then you're looking for money. Investors are looking to make returns at some point, uh, whether it's uh, selling their shares at a certain stage, if they're, they're relatively small investors. Can also happen with venture capital, but venture capital is in it to, to push you to an exit at a certain point and to have you being bought by a larger brand, a larger corporation. Um, the question there is, is if that should be your goal as well. I mean, mm-hmm. if we look at the big corporations of this world, I mean, Unilever really had this strategy of buying this, these small, cool companies and adding them to their portfolio. Uh, I mean, that's fantastic for the founders and it's fantastic for Unilever. But um, the question you should ask yourself there is, is uh, are you keeping the soul of the company still alive if you're going to be part of that larger story. And that's quite quite a challenge. Um, but it is something I think we, we need to start thinking of a little earlier on than we're doing right now. Okay. And what happens if a company goes bankrupt? What happens with your invested money? It's gone. So as an investor, you will just lose your yeah. money? Yeah. So that's why you need that one unicorn that can make it <laughs> magical again for, 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 for all, all the, other failures. For all the losses you've had. No, but that's that's really yeah, that's the challenge or the, the challenge, the the tricky part to it. I mean, if you put your money in it. And of course there's 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 other types of rules and regulations that uh, uh, you don't have to go bankrupt to stop and then you can still have quite reasonable payback agreements with certain parties but if you really if 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 the law declares bankruptcy then everything is gone okay all right awesome what are the your last (laughs) tips advice for women who are either looking for an investment or want to invest well, if you're looking for investment, I think uh, it's it's uh, well in both ways. It's always good to reach out to the next woman, of course, because we can help in in either ways. Uh, but do sorry, do you believe that women actually have to look for investment? I think uh, is it a good idea in general? It, it it depends on on your your goal. 
I mean, if you want to go fast and go big, it's definitely uh, the, the good, a good idea to look for an investment because if you have to grow on your own uh, revenue, uh, you tend to be quite small and maybe too, for too long a time. Uh, but it's not only about going big or going fast. I mean, if you really have that, that life-changing idea and you're not, uh, you need external capital to make it better, uh, there's, there's a million reasons to go look for investments. There's also a hundred reasons, a little smaller, to keep doing it on your own. Uh, because if you keep doing it on your own, uh, the chances of it really going to the next level are, are small and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can have perfect, great companies in that matter as well, but it's a different, it's a different goal in the end. Uh, if you're looking to invest, yeah, all women should, when they have the, the financial freedom to do so, which doesn't mean that you need to have hundreds of thousands of euros on the bank anymore, as we discussed, even mm -hmm. in smaller amounts, it's possible. Uh, I think we should make that effort because if not, then we're not uh, actively making a change and we're looking for, for the other part uh, to, to, to change the game and that's not going to happen. So we should start playing it. And what we see is if women start investing, 50% more uh, female fu companies get founded, uh, get funded, not founded, funded. So yeah, on both ways, there's there's enough room for, for well, I wouldn't say improvement, but success. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thank you for being here today. You're and very welcome. I think there is still plenty of information to follow up on. And uh, I hope we can talk to you again in the near future. Absolutely. Um, thank you for your insights. And uh, we will definitely add all the information about the next women into the description of the podcast. The podcast is available on SoundCloud as well as uh, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and pretty much every streaming platform. <laughs> Uh, thank you to uh, our listeners for being here with us today and uh, have a good day. Bye-bye. Yep. You Great. too. Bye.